Mill Basin is a nice town with good schools. Julie, what did Emerson mean by the Red Slayer? Emerson? But trouble's coming to Mill Basin, and this town will never be the same. If rock and roll is the devil's music, then Black Roses is the house band. I mean, last week, all they could think about was midterms. Now it's Black Roses. I love you, Dad. There's something going on in this town, and you gotta help me stop it. Where have you been? Did you go and see that show again after I told you not to? me to that concert tonight. Now, I can't explain it. I think they're doing something to the kids, controlling their minds. I, I can feel it, Neil. I brought you a present. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> the hottest band this side of hell is coming to town, and they're saving your soul a seat. Black Roses. It was closing time in the spoiler room and I had just turned off the lights when I heard something move. I flipped the switch but the lights didn't come back on. I pulled out my phone and as I lit the flashlight on it, I screamed. My VHS of Night of the Demons was floating in front of me. I tried to leave. The Black Roses VHS pushed me back everywhere I turned. There were horror films from 1988 floating everywhere. Who knew there were so many? When I awoke from my fevered dream, I realized that it was time. Time to face my fear. Time to take a stab at the horror of 1988. Well, no, I just got the feeling you've been listening to some like uh, some devil black metal music. Devil oh, Black yeah. Metal Music? Who's been listening to Devil Black Metal Music? Oh, wait, I mean, we have. That's right. I, I prefer my Devil Hair Metal. Mm, I, I prefer <laughs> my Eggs Devil. But anyway, so here we are, folks. It is the spoiler room. It's a horror of 1988 as we continue our Killer Concert Month. Yes, horror of 1988 special. And uh, they took a stab at it last month, which is what inspired this month's theme, as every uh, special episode does. And yes, tonight, we are looking at 1988 classic, classic Black Roses. And I've got a wonderful crew here for this friggin' killer concert we're going to talk about tonight. That's right. She is uh, with us once again from uh, down a south. No, that is not a human bagel she is eating. It is none other than Miss Angelique. Hello, Angelique. How are you? 
hello, I'm fantastic. I'm, I need to learn about some modern poets named Damien. Damien. Damien <laughs> is a poet. He knows more than... Uh, you know, Walt Whitman and all of those guys. Screw them. Just Damien. Well, he's a regular Lord Byron. That's right. He is a regular <laughs> Lord Byron. And Dark he, Lord Byron. Dark Lord Byron. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you hear, heard her voice as well. It is none other than the horror retrospective herself. Kara is back with us. Hello, Kara. How are you? Doing all right. Glad to be back. Glad to have you here as we're turning it up to 11 and rocking it out. And yes, we have with us. <laughs> and yes, we have with us as well the man that keeps coming back for more. Our friend Ian Simmons is with us tonight. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing doing great. Uh, you really know how to pick them, Mark. <laughs> oh. We went. This is from the same director that had the life-changing film you watched last week. So you know. Can we just talk about that one again? <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's wrong? Don't you like your awkward relationships between students and teachers? <laughs> there is so That's much to dig so into close. at Black Roses. I, I I am excited to talk about it, but this this one like to watch it was a chore. But I think talking about. It <laughs> Well, that's what that's what we're here for, Ian. That's what we're here for <laughs> to help you out and and talk it through. So, Miss Angelique Bone, yes, yes, could you give us the synopsis of Black Roses, nineteen eighty eight? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you doing that whole voice? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty death metal right there. Thank you. <laughs> Black Roses is about a band from hell. <laughs> steal all the souls of the children in small town America. Yeah. Uh, small town Canada. Just Canada. To, just to... <laughs> small town Canada. What Canada? I yeah. should have guessed from all the fake turtlenecks. Yeah. My apologies. My apologies. Actually, all the, all the denim makes sense now. <laughs> There's a lot of denim. A lot of and the, denim. And the kid punching the, the, the cardboard sign and not making it through. Yeah. <laughs> you hit like Sorry. a girl. <laughs> I hit harder than that. <laughs> so yes, brought to us by the same director who uh brought us a, a rock and roll nightmare. John uh Fasano uh follows it up with Black Roses. There's no Thor this time. Uh, which is it's disappointing. There's no Thor. I, this almost feels like a natural. Like this would be like the progression, right? The intercessor would show up to take on the Black Roses, right? Where is the intercessor? I really think they needed the intercessor here. They kind of, <laughs> so, uh, why why wasn't he in this movie? Like this would have been this would have been like the beginning of the you know. He, John Michael Thor cinematic universe. You could have the Battle of the Pecs then between Damien and, and Thor. So no contest. Uh, no, no contest. No, no. Damien, that Michael Bay motherfucker with a fright wig. No, no contest. <laughs> Michael Bay with a fright wig. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's not enough screen to handle both of those beautiful hairstyles. <laughs> no, I mean, you need you need that extra screen just to c cover all the I hair. I mean, when, when Damien yeah. reveals himself in all of his glory, in the white parachute pants, and that beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, 
bullet. Oh. I mean, whew. lady, get a fan. You're going to need it. <laughs> that bullet, yeah. Angelique, do you remember when you first saw uh, Black Roses? I think it was on a group watch with. Um, uh, oh, yeah. But the Astro Radio Z crew. Oh, really? That was the first time you had that actually was the first seen time it? I'd no seen kidding. It. I've never heard of it. Wow. And, uh, and it was really fun to watch it in a group. And then to come back and watch it again by myself. It's like a TV movie. You know, it looks like it's made for TV, but then of course you got you got a lot of boobs in this one. There's a lot of boobs in this. There's a lot of nudity in this one. Uh, a lot more uh, creatures in this one as well. So you know, so it, it, it's interesting. He kind of stepped up his game in that respect. We don't just have people throwing starfish at a glazing <laughs> well, Thor. <laughs> You still have man versus puppet, which is one well, of you my do. favorite things. You do still have man versus puppet, which is one of the, it is one of the highlights of this film. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Cara, do you remember when you first saw Black Roses? Uh, I want to say it was about maybe six to eight months ago, and since then I've seen it three times. <laughs> wow, three times. Wow. So do you dig it, or is it? Uh, did you have to watch it? <laughs> uh, the first time was a blind watch. Mm. Um, I I go through and I do that live TV thing on Shutter. Sure. My excuse for the second time was Joe Bob Briggs, and then I rewatched it for this. Ah. And so, uh, what's your initial thought with Black Roses? It made for TV horror. <laughs> uh, I. It's it's like this weird warped version of Footloose. Like there will be no concerts in the town. <laughs> yep, that was that was actually my. That's a, funny. That's exactly kind of what ran through my mind when I'm watching it this time. I was like, oh my god, this is a horror Footloose. When they said, oh, they won't let Black Roses play at the school. <laughs> but they like, turned out to be right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Turn, if, if if only. If only the, the, the sticklers would have really. If they would have with some holy water and stuff, that would be. They they should have come back and snuck back in a couple of nights later and seen what was really going on. A couple yeah. of nights, a couple of minutes later, or maybe uh, save yeah. for the entire first song. Yeah. <laughs> what well, was no. it? Damien Damien got naked as soon as they walked out. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's the thing is like they they left through the school, so they would have been able to hear that that song change. Well, they're old, yeah. though. They were yeah. old. <laughs> the music was loud enough, Mark. Well, no, they they go outside. The the sti- this the, the the where they were at, they head right outside. They didn't have to go through the school, so you know. And well, it took them a couple minutes to get out of their in excess outfits uh, into <laughs> the you know. Forty five seconds. The lights go out. They come back on, and they're all like ready for the fetish convention. It, it was thoroughly muffled by all of the asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I just, you know, it, it would make it a whole new movie if the adults that were making the big fuss at the beginning would have paid a little more attention. <laughs> but it's the 80s. Come on. There's a recurring There's... theme, not only in these films, but in the yeah. horror of 1988 uh <laughs> Uh, in all of series. our lives with the absentee parents. Yeah, in, in the whole horror it's of 19... Across the 80s. It is. <laughs> I mean, we joke about Gen Xers, but let's face it, folks, we know how it was because we 
we lived during that time where you were latchkey kids, eight year old coming at home making your own PBG PB and J sandwiches. I mean, you know, yeah, put it this way. I get that. I've got Fruit Loops. Oh, yeah. nice. Put it this way. <laughs> I, you know, during the longest period of, of, of latchkeydom, you know, there was somebody actively breaking into our house. Oh, on God. a daily basis, and I had to come home. Oh, wow. Oh, Angela, you could handle that. <laughs> okay. So I would stalk the house every day with the biggest knife in the kitchen and the broom, you know. I'm like, what one baseball of things that? will give me time to get out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I so you could sweep up after you killed the, the intruder. Right, right. That's... See, me being funny is all trauma. That's this is all, all trauma. That's, you such, that's Jet Xers suffered a lot of trauma, yeah. But that's the recurring theme in, in all across the 80s, especially in the uh, horror of 88 is just examples. In every single one of these films we've had, the parents – are either non-existent or the background or the enemy. It's like the parrots are evil uh, or just totally oblivious. Um, and you get that here with a lot of these kids' uh, parents. Well, it's some of it. Um, I thought that there was a lot more balance in this movie than I was mm -hmm. expecting, um, especially the, the town hall meeting or the PTA meeting where they right. gather to talk about the band and, You've got the the lady who stands up and like this is the devil's music. We got to keep it out of our town. But then the the mayor stands up and gives a really good speech about you know how when we were teenagers like mm -hmm. twenty years ago it was the Beatles and Elvis and you know we our parents thought we were crazy for liking this stuff. So you know it's just a band. It's just music. Let's give it a shot. Um, you know it might not be our thing, but our kids are into it. I thought that was very interesting. I was disappointed that by the end, the mayor didn't turn out to be a plant. I think that would have oh, been yeah. really interesting That's to help. To, to keep, yes. Either he was part of the, like possessed or influenced or something like that to make sure that this concert happened. Um, I, and the movie is, it's just ahead of, of where I was at because the movie opens with a concert right. that gets shut down, but not before like all the kids are turned into like demon monsters. How'd they keep that out of the news, first of all? But uh, the, in they're the, demons. When they, they, they control the media. So uh, that's know. okay. Well, that's a whole other show. But no, um, <laughs> but no, they keep making a big point when uh, this town of Mill, Mill, Mill Basin, Mill Basin, that's right. Undisclosed USA slash probably Canada. Know, Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like, this is going to be Black Rose's first ever concert that they've played outside a studio. And I'm like, but wait, the movie opens with them playing a concert and it takes a while for them to acknowledge that and it, they played off kind of funny because the the band leader, Damien, when he's talking to the high school teacher who cares, trademark, uh, about <laughs> the band, we see him, like not in his mullet, but he just looks like kind of at first I thought it was just like a band manager. I didn't think it was the same guy. Oh, yeah. But he, he's, he was in his Rick Astley outfit. So. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's like, uh, I can't remember what the line was, but he's like, well, we played one venue, but it didn't quite work, work, work out. out. Yeah. <laughs> work out. Yeah, work out. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's. They, they were both drinking milk. They were both backstage at like soundcheck drinking these tall, clear glasses of milk. I'm like, this is the most purely Canadian thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, they well, were. I'm just like. You know, low rent Magnum PI, you know, <laughs> just like great value. Tom Selleck was hey, really just glancing at that glass of milk the whole time. <laughs> he was the cool teacher. Come on. 
You, you know, know, it's crazy. He looks my my wife's best friend's dad mm -hmm. looks like that guy. I didn't wow. know him back in the '80s, but I can imagine him looking like that. And he's in <laughs> education, so I was freaking out the entire time watching. It's like, <gasps> but I mean, he, of course, and that is actually stereotypical of the the late '80s or even the '80s as well. The one cool teacher. You have all the other teachers who are the stuck up old you know, pr traditional, but you got the one cool teacher, usually a literature teacher or the English teacher who who's more worldly, you know, and, uh, you know, you, he's got a group of students and these kids aren't all completely dumb. You would think, you almost think that the one guy, because what they were talking about was at Whitman in the beginning, uh, and, and he's talking to the one, uh, Billy, I think it was, the one kid who's kind of the, the troublemaker. He puts him on the spot and, uh, you know, they actually have a bit of a discussion that actually has a little bit of substance to it, surprisingly. You know, it's not just, duh, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they do some interesting things with some of these stereotypes in here, I think. Billy reminds me of that character that Bruce McCullough would play on Kids in the Hall. Yeah. Todd, was that his name? <laughs> Todd Vanderchuk. Yeah. Are we talking about Billy? Or is it Billy? Is Johnny it, was the main Or Johnny. Kid. That's what Johnny, it was. Johnny, sorry. Because yeah. there was Johnny. the other, there was the tough guy who like ran over his yeah. mom. I thought that he looked like a Billy. I don't that's know. That's Tony. What the hell. That was that Tony. Was Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah because like his Tony. dad, his dad is the one that gets sucked into the speaker. Big Pussy from The Sopranos. That's right. When, when I saw Vincent Pastore show up in this movie, I'm like, what the hell is going on with this movie? No, look at this meatball. Right. Like, everybody else is, like, canadying up, the, like, the to the nth degree with the, you know, the A's and the Tim Hortons or whatever. And it's like, hey, what are you doing listening to this music? <laughs> There's two kind of men who listen to, the, to who wear earrings. I'm yeah, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna finish that line. No, we're not. And it did yeah. make me laugh. I'm like, wow. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the eighties. Uh, and of, and of course, he he's the muscle bound guy too. Tony is the big muscle. He's a Tony. I mean, you mm -hmm. see, you look up, you know, stereotypical uh, movie characters named Tony. He fits the bill. And yeah, it's either guys that look like his dad or guys that look like him. him. <laughs> There's, the Venn diagram does not mean. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Black Roses was the template. That's that's where this all that, came. That from. could be. That could be. And then uh, who was the uh, Priscilla? Was the uh, no? Yeah, that Pris was she? Uh, Priscilla was the mayor's daughter who had a thing for the uh, literature teacher who yeah. didn't. Who they went out once, but it just didn't work out. And there's just this weird like yeah, he... dynamic there between them and then julie who is the smart one uh you know the smart girl who of course is f kind of not but kind of is fawning over the the literature guy who Don't oh yeah it's so just close. innocent <laughs> he reads poetry ma <laughs> well the problem the, one of the many problems is that all of these high school kids look like they're 25 to 30 years old. Yes. So when I'm saying, like, when she's putting the moves in the teacher, I'm like, what's the problem? Oh, oh that's no. right. She's like a junior. Yeah. Yeah. She's 16. She's supposed to and be a half. 16 and a half. She's just 16 yeah. years old. Leave her alone, they say. Sorry. <laughs> um, Separated wow. by fools who don't know what love is yet. Oh, boy. Um, on the edge of 17. <laughs> there you go. 
Kara, what did you think of our, our group of characters? And it's the teenagers here that we have Tony and, you know, we've got um, Julia, Julie, who's the smart one, you know, the, the smart, the, the smartest one in school. And then you got, of course, uh, Johnny. What would you think of these kids? Uh, I think Johnny was the lead guy. He's the one I enjoyed making fun of the most, like, mm-hmm. especially that one scene where he goes out with Julie and he's hanging off all of these lampposts. And it's it's like all of a sudden we've gone from footloose to dancing in the rain. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he's singing in the rain. He's like dan- jumping around doing some poor man's parkour. Um, you know, but he's only jumping on sides. And then he gets the brilliant idea, hey, we should really paint the town red. Oh, and he and he goes into the <laughs> hardware store and gets a red can of <laughs> That was terrible. And we never, we see him. He's got something, something to say, you guys. Right, but we don't actually see what he well, painted, did we? He did. He's not a literary man. He's just literal. He painted oh, yes. one streak of red. There you go. Well, he barely, he yeah, away. he barely got a streak of red out before uh, we had uh, the literature teacher, uh, which that's all I'm going to call him is just literature teacher. It's with, Mr. Morehouse. Yeah, I know, Mr. Mr. Morehouse with the porn stash. But anyway, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pornhouse. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he shows up and he, he breaks it up. And of course, you know, it makes me wonder why is Julie hanging out with our bad boy, uh, you know Johnny. They, they, you know, she seems to just be so annoyed by him. I think it was one of those. He's been hounding me for so long. Okay, you can take me out for a soda, but that's it because I like. He the wore her down. He <laughs> because. I like you know his friends are even worse than he is for crying oh. out loud. You know? I, yeah, I got the feeling this is like the limited options high school. I think that would be <laughs> the name of the school they went to. So it's well, either it's the, Mills Basin. <laughs> it's, it's Mills Basin. So it's either it's either uh, the bad boy or the literature literary teacher. That's that's her two choices in this whole town. Well, I mean, you have the choices of some other dads. Equally as gross, Mr. Miller. Well, her stepdad, her stepdad was the creepazoid. Just a bunch of scuzz buckets in this town. Well, the stepdad was creepy, but there was that guy, Mr. Miller, who was, you know, he had a daughter, and the daughter's friend Tina. They ended up playing strip gin. Yeah. Um, And that whole jag, I thought, was like ripped straight out of like Pornhub or something. Like, wait, did (laughs) no one brought the pizza? (laughs) <laughs> that's well we've had a, a bad history of uh pizza delivery men on this show um <laughs> but that's yeah true. yeah it's creepy because folks out there if you haven't gathered once they uh put up the rick astley front and they show that they're a pop rock star and all the adults leave of course their concert kicks in and they kick in their demonic powers and all the kids get brainwashed like after one concert they're all like literal vegetables except for uh julie who's like damien is the ultimate poet and then they go back of course every night they go back to the concert they get more and more brainwashed until uh was it the second night he starts turning some of them into into you know uh, uh shrunken zombie monsters shrunken zombie monsters <laughs> that's yeah, help me out here like what was that like there's there's one girl and 
there's like a puff of light or smoke or something and then she's revealed to be like this shriveled up fright thing and then there's a couple of guys that that happens to right so they're not dead they're just monsters now and where do well, they go and no one seems to care that there's people missing i i don't know Car, Car, what, what's your take on it they they needed to sneak in an iron maiden reference <laughs> <laughs> you are oh my god you're absolutely right it's like the cover of an iron maiden <laughs> i know because i saw the iron maiden pinball at uh, a place we were at yesterday so there you go um you're right that's why it looked familiar Iron Maiden. No, see, I took that as them stealing their soul because they revert back to looking like teenagers as they take over the kids until you get to the Mr. Miller scene where his daughter and her friend show up and his daughter is kind of sort of gaming on him, too. That was just an awkward scene. Yeah, and they were both playing gin, and then when she leaves, yeah, her friend does the strip, uh, uh strip gin, and then you know they she loses, uh, apparently, <laughs> on uh, purpose. On, on purpose, she loses, and Mister Miller thinks he wins, but then some weird thing happens. But we cut away before, you know, we. I think his heart gave out. <laughs> well, they they did say he died of a heart attack. <laughs> hard something um but yeah but that's, oh, the, that's well. <laughs> but that's that's the weird thing about it is uh you know in the beginning of this movie i was like okay so this demon rock band is turning the audience into monsters right i get yep. that mm -hmm. but then they go to this town and we see some of these transformations the the thing is <clears throat> They're just random kids that this happens to in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they were established characters that were following <laughs> later. So I think if it had been something like we see Tina, the friend who is, you know, the stripped gin girl, if we see her transform and then show up later looking normal, I think your theory holds, Mark. But because not everybody who comes under the trance of this band transforms physically like johnny not yet not he, yet no but well but i mean he's straight up like murdering his father in cold blood yeah and then at the end of the film the police are coming to take him away he's like what are you talking about where's my dad i mean that's that's a chilling that's like something yeah. on stephen king but we never see him transform we see him under the influence of right. these of this music but like the i hate to be nitpicking about this you know 35 year old canadian horror rock film but the rules aren't laid out. And I was kind of, well, that's one of the reasons I kind of tuned out is like, they don't care that much. And frankly, neither do I. Well, I, I may be wrong, but the only, only teens that actually turn into creatures are the women. Mm -hmm. The guys but just, with that, with that guy, hair, you the, can't really tell. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the guys just get brainwashed into becoming killers. He, uh, what you call it kills his dad in cold blood with the revolver. Tony, uh, after his dad gets sucked in by the uh, uh, speaker centipede uh, or speaker. Well, it's more like a cricket, like a water bug almost. Anyway, <laughs> he gets sucked into the speaker and then Tony kills his mom. A mysterious hit and run. <laughs> in her own driveway. In her own, right outside her own driveway. Who could have hit like she her? She was backed into. <laughs> It it was that robe. That's what did her in. It was it was the robe. No one could see her behind the robe. That's what it was. 
Um, but yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, only the females, the teens, are the ones that turned into creatures. But not all of them did. Because but not all Tina, of them. Tina yeah. remained human, I guess. I mean, granted, we didn't see what was going on with Mr. Miller because it almost well, looked like I had to rewind that scene because it almost looked like she was doing like a vampire bite. But right. you see his eyes roll up in the back of his head, which might have been the heart uh, the, attack. The, the minute the tip of her tongue hit his earlobe, he had a stroke. <laughs> can you at his age could you blame him no just kidding well, mark I mean... he's probably not that much older than us it... again at his age could you blame him <laughs> <laughs> you son of a <laughs> but they they were they were uh yeah i mean as long as you don't think of the age of what the characters are supposed to be playing you're not gonna be you know it's not too bad but this is the 80s and they are playing teens and yeah it gets awkward real quick but they're all they're all playing 18 year olds that's a, that's, all, that's the rule of 18. 80s high school yes, movies they're, they're 18. all 18 that's right everybody <laughs> who happens to take their clothes off who's in high school is 18 that's that's the rules Yes, and uh, if they're if they're listed as being like a freshman or a sophomore, they're just really dumb eighteen year olds. Like, I well, they back. used to be able to. They used to hold kids back back in the day. So you know, so you used to get that guy who you know was in eighth grade and and had his driver's license. You had that back in the eighties. He was twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had that freshman who was able to legally buy beer for everyone else. You know, I mean, you did have that. So I mean, there is that. But yeah, you get the. You get the awkward scene with Mr. Miller and his daughter and her, her daughter's friend. And then you get even though, although I don't feel too bad with uh, Julie and her uh, creepy stepdad, in all honesty, that uh, that was okay. <laughs> that was like, yeah. all right. You know, that was a giant. Was that an ashtray that she beat him to death with? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh. You, um, go ahead. That scene totally weirded me. Like, why does she have to be feeling herself up in her bedroom before she goes and kills somebody that yeah that's so that that's where i was going i'm glad you brought it up cara because before she goes and starts giving her creepy stepdad a massage before she uh kills him with her eighth grade uh pottery project um she gives herself a personal massage yeah she goes on for like two minutes that's rather long and then you're like oh we're only going to get this oh no we're getting the the full yeah i mean you gotta work up the nerves somehow i mean she she got dressed up for herself she she was obviously in a cold room she set the mood (laughs) she was in a cold room (laughs) there were about a billion candles though yeah yeah there were were a lot of candles (laughs) you know that it was such an awkward scene because we never see her face so Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if this is a case of like the actress yeah right the actress who played julia is like Look, I know what it calls for, but uh, that's not me. Um, but the other thing is, and I had, again, I had to go back and watch this, not the entire two minutes or whatever, but I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I saw the body, very obviously a, a woman's body. She's, you know, topless and everything. But the hands that were attached to that body were like, maybe it's like Canadian, like lumberjack you know, <laughs> high school girls. But I'm like, it reminded me of like in Friday the 13th. The original when Mrs. Voorhees gets her head cut off and the hands come up and they got hairy knuckles because it was like Stavros <laughs> oh. and uh, and Tom Savini's hands doubling for Mrs. Voorhees. That's the vibe I got from watching this scene. So I was like weirded out in several different ways. 
Well, and, then, and it was also like, okay, I understand, you know, the whole thing trying to be sexy, but, you know, manhandling yourself, it like, take them in different directions and... Well, well, what was also weird is then after she aces her her stepdad with the ashtray, she goes over to uh, Mr. Morehouse's house to to seduce him. And Mr. We... Millhouse. <laughs> and uh, again, more awkward scenes because you're like, wait, not only teacher student, but the age. That, yeah, I'm, don't think don't the actress is 25. You're OK. Uh, <laughs> uh, she transforms into this wild creature. But oh yeah, in, in you know the stretch... only because she got slapped. Yeah, he literally decks her, <laughs> and then he starts punching her. I love that. How <laughs> he went for the racket because she transforms into this not so yeah. uh, uh, not so uh, American werewolf in London transformation. Uh... <laughs> A weird snail puppy thing. I was expecting it to have big eyelashes or something. <laughs> but she becomes into this stretch type creature, and then he starts attacking her with the uh, uh, tennis racket, which is a callback because before that she ended up killing Julie, the smart one, ends up having the highest body count because she takes out her stepdad. She mm -hmm. then goes and takes out. Uh, the daughter of the mayor who has a thing for Mr. Morehouse where she literally cuts her throat and, and then set fire to the car. I'm like, damn. Which that was, that was nice because we only see the throat slashing and then you kind of come outside the car. We find out that it was set on fire later. Like yeah. the cops are yeah. talking about it. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. When the mayor, mayor talks about it. Yeah. Her car caught on fire. You're like, Oh damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then she shows up at Morehouse, and so Morehouse is hitting her with the tennis racket. So I'll call back to you know the tennis racket that uh, it, you know his would be girlfriend ha would uh, had. So there's kind of a you know there's a circular reference there. So you know they're they're putting some thought in all this, and then the racket gets ruined. So he starts punching her, which I love the sound effects for the punching. <laughs> 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 which didn't seem to do much good then he grabbed a tennis ball and shot it right in the mouth that was a really big tennis ball though that was like a novelty <laughs> that was like a wiffle ball tennis ball <laughs> it's like the size of a cantaloupe but this the sequence the sequence goes on a uh, canada lope by the way a canada lope <laughs> the sequence goes on for quite some time doesn't it angelique i mean yeah it's a very extended fight scene and then she gets him into the kitchen and breaks the stool and he ends up like staking her in the heart yeah which is very fright night um yeah uh you know i was that's... like is she is she a dracula i mean i don't <laughs> well i mean getting stabbed in the heart even if you're not a dracula hopefully would would probably kill you so. well true but i mean a supernatural creature there's only so many ways to take them out you know there are rules but apparently this movie has no rules it doesn't and we can talk about what happens to our uh damien monster later because that was a <laughs> giant flaming question mark for me but no i that's the thing is like this kind of like with rock and roll nightmare most of the movie i'm watching it thinking it looks very cheap 
It's not scary. There's some interesting stuff going on, but I'd almost rather watch this Canadian version of Footloose than, you know, you don't have to introduce the devil's music into it um, to make it interesting. But it's not scary. It's not effective as a horror movie. But then when that whole tennis racket thing comes on and it keeps going on, I'm like, okay, someone here is a big Sam Raimi fan and watched the hell out of Evil Dead 2 because I got those vibes. And then I started having a lot of fun with it. And that brings us right into the climax, the big confrontation at the at the big concert. Yes. So I had a lot more fun at the end of this movie than I did like the first most two of thirds of it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I just loved I loved puppet on human uh, uh, battle here because when 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 our not Julie demon goes full form by the time he hits the kitchen, it's like you know the guy in the puppet suit in the back is just like he's he's like <laughs> you're, you're make it look like it's hitting the chair, <laughs> you know? but I, I liked it. I liked the design of the creatures. They they you're right. They did have a fright night esque type feel to them though um all of them did i mean her transformation mad props to the actress uh who plays her because in the transformation she gets the uh the first time she's transforming she's got this mouthpiece that she has to have that couldn't have been comfortable yeah those Um, tusks yeah i i actually like the beginning part of the transformation i mean it comes on you know she's got it covered pretty good and she could and then at one point her lip just whips back when she brings it back over and it's kind of it is creepy you know um it's also very fright night the whole thing with um yes with uh charlie and um Mm -hmm. amy when he's like behind her and we can see that her face has changed but he doesn't right that whole that whole bit Mm -hmm. um yeah, there there is that, but I mean, I I still I liked the transformation. The the creature itself was kind of was kind of comical. I mean, <laughs> with the stretched yeah. neck, and that you know, um, and then yeah, we we you know, Mister Literature. What got me is is that it makes me it makes me wonder if the Julie that showed up and transformed into a demon wasn't actually Julie, but was just one of the minions of black roses because doesn't Julie show up later at the concert? That's what I was thinking. Isn't he, isn't she the girl behind Damien? Yeah. She shows up again. She's at the concert when he, when, because the teacher says, screw it. I'm going to set fire to everything. Though he's he's super sneaky. Yeah. He's so subtle and sneaky. We're at our fourth concert, so the the transformation, while they don't give us any exposition, which I don't mind, but you kind of piece together they needed this fourth concert to finally transform or take over all the minds of the youth. And the teacher decides, okay, I'm going to just set fire to things. It, It gets gas and... Literally, the concert's going on, folks. They're singing. There's crowd everywhere. He's just standing right next to the stage with the gas can, just tossing the gas. That's what you got to do. Dynamite. And dynamite. Well, yeah. But yeah, but let's talk about, let's rewind the tape a bit, because when he's gearing up to go fight the forces of darkness, he fills up a, a gas. Well, There's yeah. like this gas station montage. He pulls up, he fuels up, and then the next scene, 
he's just like handing cash over to this guy who's handing him like these giant sticks of dynamite. I'm like, wait, what? Well, I don't know if they were dynamite or flares. It I thought they were. I thought they were dynamite, but then at it, it, during the concert with the fire, it, it's a flare. So maybe I they. I thought uh, they had fuses. I thought it was dynamite. It might be. It might have been dynamite, but he lets off a flare at the end during the confrontation after he gets. Mm. Uh, it's Canadian dynamite, which translates to, to, to an American flare. An explosion. So they had to go with flares, aka Canadian dynamite. <laughs> yeah. No offense to any Canadian. No listeners. offense. We love we love our Canadian listeners. Now, actually, I want to see a, a movie with John Heater playing an awkward high school student called Canadian Dynamite. Canadian Dynamite. There you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Gosh, what's it all about? <laughs> no, oh. <okay. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes, Maybe we all the more. nachos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be poutine? Wouldn't they use poutine instead of nachos? That's poutine. poutine. Poutine is something Sorry, completely poutine. different. We can't talk about Poutine was in this film. Uh, yes. But anyway. <laughs> no, they're all. <laughs> Yes, but they're all wow. 18. <laughs> but they're all over 18, yes. We, we established that. Uh, what got me with this was the body count because, again, 80s, parents are bad, parents get killed, and the mayor and the police force of this town, oh, wow, these mysterious deaths, this mysterious hit and run, this car caught fire. Oh, what happened to Tony's dad? Oh, look, Johnny's dad just happened to you know, clean his gun and got shot in the head six times. <laughs> well, you know, you got to check your gun before you clean it. It's, it's true. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, that's the that's the thing is like, it, it is very Stephen King. You've got like nothing happens in this town for like decades. And then you've got like one, you know, a couple of days where all these things happen. But the deaths are mysterious, but there's nothing to link it necessarily to this like crazy rock band that pulled into town because like i said car caught on fire right guys cleaning his gun blows his head off mom gets run over in the driveway you know because mm -hmm. the car backs out another you know her husband disappears uh it's it's possible and i think a smarter movie could have like really made there there's a lot of great ideas in this thing that they could have been explored in, in a better film but you know one thing i did like that we did that we kind of glossed over is Janie who is the daughter of Mr. Miller, um, she goes to the guidance counselor yes. the next day. <laughs> and she's like, I just feel like I need to scream. And he's like, you know, I have been thinking about... And he's he's another cool adult yeah. that we get in the film. He's kind of open to it, like, well, whatever you want. I'll, I'll, I've been yeah. thinking about introducing some scream therapy. And he opens the window. If this will help you feel some feelings, we'll, 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 we'll wrap that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she throws him out the damn window, and she's like, "Nice scream!" That was an act. That was an accident. He fell out the window, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But here's the thing: I don't think, I don't think we get much shitty dummies in this movie. No. If at all. they all look like stunt people. That was like actually a stunt. That was a stunt person that fell out that window. That was not a shitty dummy. Yeah, uh, I was impressed. Yeah, you I was know. impressed and disappointed that we didn't get shitty dummies to talk about. <laughs> it wasn't uh, Cannibal Holocaust where they throw the mannequin and then the arm pops off. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, you know, I and we do get we do get them. Uh, you know, mad props to Tony's dad for for making that creature really fight him because we had the. It was the old. It always takes me back to the scene in Ed Wood when, <laughs> when yeah, no, Bella. Uh, sorry, we couldn't get the motor for the creature, so you're just gonna have to fight with the tentacles and make it look like it's attacking you. All right, let's shoot this fucker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sitting there with the 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 speaker water cricket f- creature fighting, and he's like moving it around, like ah, it's attacking me. And he did look genuinely terrified. I think he did, he um, did. probably because he realized that people might actually see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I I like this movie quite a bit. It endears me, even the 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 ending with. With the, uh, you know, the E.T. from hell looking Damien. The Star Trek monster. The Star Trek monster. It looked like the inspiration for the hybrid creature from Alien Resurrection. It it did. You're right. It did. Only it looked better than that thing. I hate that thing. I hate that. (laughs) I (laughs) freaking. What the hell, man? You were doing okay, And then you get the whole alien uterus thing. And then what the hell is that? Um, Anyway. Kill Brad Dourif. I mean, come on, Brad Dourif. What the hell? But yeah, I mean, then we get uh, we get Damien in his full full fledged. I mean, we saw Damien before at the beginning of the film in kind of his demon, you know, outfit, his face and that. But he was still not fully transformed. Here we get him fully transformed. Yeah, Cara, what'd you think of our demon band at the end of this film? Uh, I, I honestly, I, I don't know why they didn't, uh, duplicate the look from the, the beginning. Right. Uh, like where they look a little more humanoid and he still has that big silly wig on. <laughs> well, he had the I jacket. I was waiting for that too, honestly. Yeah. yeah. He's even play acting along to the lyrics of the song and it's, I don't know. It's like this big, ugly doll on stage. <laughs> Well, what I what I like though about this band is, is so all the kids are brainwashed by now. I mean, they all look in kind of zombie and sullen. Their eyes are all sunken in. They're not making a comment at all about you know heavy metal and how it wastes your your youth. They're not making that statement at all here. Um, no, but so he gets out the old Canadian dynamite and lights the gas finally on stage after getting his butt handed to him. Mister Morehouse does, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, the fire starts, and all of a sudden, that's all it took. You know, that that's all it took. And all of a sudden, all the kids were like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. It's a fire. And where the hell have I been? And where's Dad? And it, like, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> but what I love about what I love about that scene, too, and I, I enjoy this film way too much, but what I love about that scene is the band – in a lot of in a lot of horror films, okay, the bad guys are getting set on fire, so you get to go, you know, they're on fire. It's great. Not these guys. These guys start rocking out as they catch fire and burn. I loved that. <laughs> Except for our Damien monster. No, who's... he's dancing. That's I didn't take that as dancing at all. I took that as him like, no, being engulfed in flame. I took that as him dancing. He seemed to be having a good time on stage with his long arms. But <laughs> I was Nobody can watch that again, Mark. He had this huge flat head, like 
like he was the one that got beaten with the tennis racket. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't quite get the design. I mean, I liked uh, I liked all the makeup effects in here as is, you know, uh, small budget as it was. I liked all the makeup effects and the creatures they came up with, but it didn't the design that you're right of Damien at the end of this did not match what we saw at the beginning. I don't know if he got, didn't get his full transformation on at the beginning during that concert because it didn't go well, you know, versus this one to where we get to see him in his full demonic glory. Um, but yeah, it was kind of weird that he turned into this creature, though I still like the creature design. I mean, uh, but he was partying in the flames. I didn't take it as him being, uh, in pain at all. Well, that's the thing is because in that, in the scene where, cause we cut back to him, right? Like we, right before we get, we cut outside to the gym, mm -hmm. we only see him really. It's a close up of him <coughs> on fire. And he's, I don't see anything to indicate rocking out. I see mm. generic monster like flailing because he's been set on fire. Mm. And then when we cut back inside the gym. It's the same thing, except the flames. I'm like, why isn't he running away or being in like actually, well, did, you know, disintegrated by these flames? I didn't see any other band like playing music. Or yeah, anything. they were. It's just, yeah. it, the, the, band just... was, the band was playing yeah. music. You can't quite see it, but if you look on the left-hand side of the screen behind the flames, his band's actually playing music. That's why I figured he was rocking out versus burning in hell, because his band's actually playing. And you that do makes, have some music. I guess so. it makes sense, but, yeah, it just didn't. <laughs> no. But they are. They're, they're playing to the flames, you know. And then uh, the band is lost, but then we get the dun-dun-dun report TV report later. You mean, you mean, me, me, me. Where we find out Black Roses is going to play Madison Square Garden. Which makes even less sense. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh. When I asked Damien, Damien said he always wanted to play Madison Square Garden, and it's like, Wow, okay. So, so now what? So, <laughs> so we didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> the it it is it is an awkward film. I, I enjoy it, but it, it really is just like they had a whole lot of ideas. I think Ian was right that they, they kind of slapped, you know, threw against the wall and, and just kind of blended together. Uh it, it's funny, you comparing these two between nightmare uh between rock and roll nightmare and this which has the more cohesive narrative <laughs> rock and roll nightmare there you go okay well you know i just i'm putting it out there it's, it's food for thought you know uh angelique would you say rock and roll nightmare had the more cohesive story i'd have to agree mm -hmm. i really would have to agree and cara you've seen rock and roll nightmare haven't you i I haven't. The only thing oh, I, okay. I, I know of it just because I saw a random clip is that, uh, that spiked panty guy has the same hairdo as the Damien character. <laughs> right. Spiked panty guy. I love that. I love it. <laughs> Thor. That's Thor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> spiked panty guy. Ian, by the way, uh, your pair of spiked panties are in the mail. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Mark, I get a lot of panties in the mail. 
Never have I seen them spiked. Oh, well, well I've got spike lemonade here. Anyway, no. <laughs> See, the guys, the folks who made Simply Lemonade make Simply Spiked Lemonade now. So it's really good. Anyway, uh, back to the Black Roses. Um, I don't know. I find a lot of charm in this film. Uh, uh, you know, I I guess I, I detract the idea of, or not detract, but I just push the idea aside of, how old the characters are supposed to be because it easily could have just been college. It, could, yeah. it, it didn't need to be high school. All these no. kids, they could have easily done a college, you know, concert. Um, and I, I think it would, you know, work just as well because the, <laughs> the setting really, it's just the youth, the idea again of rock and roll corrupting our youth again. Uh, <laughs> you know, that evil rock and roll. Uh, where were these? Where were these movies in the fifties? I was just thinking that it would have been made more sense if it was set in the fifties, right? You know, when when Elvis I mean, and rock and roll were coming up, and the conservative, you know, culture was like, oh my god, you know, the the hips in it. You would think that would have sparked like, date, you know, Devil Elvis or Delvis. Elvis the pelvis. Delvis. 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 Nobody steal this idea. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright. Spoiler room. 2022. Delvis. Uh, you know, you would have thought you would have maybe seen more 50s or, you know, early 60s rock and roll horror then. But we really didn't get a whole lot till I mean, the 80s. There, there they were, were propaganda films. Yeah, I was going to say they were more obsessed with like films like Five, The Atomic Bomb, things like that. Kami. Oh, Kami. Yeah. Oh, uh, weed and drugs. Yeah. yeah and sex. Drugs and sex, that's what yeah. it was. It wasn't the rock and roll, although rock and roll did play a part in it. That's true. You know, in, in Reefer Madness and all of those. It, rock and roll was always an element in there, but it didn't create demons. You didn't get bubbling rock <laughs> records, which I love. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love the scene. The the scene we keep coming, I keep coming back to where Tony's dad gets eaten in the speaker, uh, where the record's played and it starts bubbling. I love yeah, it. that was weird. My first thought was, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because he touched it, and it's just, like, slimy. It, nothing, yeah. like, reached out and grabbed him. That was that was the speaker. It was a nice little but, misdirect. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a great misdirect. So I was incorrect. I mentioned during Trick or Treat that uh, Black Rose, you know, implied uh, we had another movie that uh, had the record playing backwards. We didn't, but we had a bubbling record in this one. Mm -hmm. So record, record still was in play. No pun intended. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I you know, I can see why this this one is talked about a lot. It had a badass VHS cover. Oh man, when it was on the shelf, it had this pop up like textured. It, it was this. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, that... like very embossed. I forget if it had like a, a button that you press with the little light up things on it though. I, oh, I man, don't I remember, remember those. I, I, I know with uh, Frankenhooker, they had a button that said, want to, you know. Want a date? Want a date? <laughs> Got any money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was 19. Yeah, uh, the, the VHS was released in 1988. Um, and uh, uh, that was a really cool cover. I always remember it, seeing it on the shelf. Maybe that's why I like was... the film, too. It was the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very, very little love, folks. You're getting it here on uh, 
The spoiler. My favorite for... part is when they first get to Mill Basin and they pull up in those fancy cars, and Damien gets out and he's like directing traffic with the horns. He's like, Damien. <laughs> 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 and they're just putting posters with his face up everywhere. Oh gosh! So, well, it's it also cool because they had, as they were pulling into town, the one car drives over the pavement to mm-hmm. reveal, um, you know, I think it was a Shapiro Glickenhaus Entertainment yes. Corporation production or uh-huh. whatever. Mm-hmm. Shapiro, and then <laughs> yeah, and then it, but it reveals Black Roses, like the title on the pavement, uh, over some like animated like green vines. Right. Yeah. So they drive over it, and then another car drives under it, mm-hmm. like under the logo. So it's like playing with the dimensions. It was. Yeah. It was. Very inventive. So uh, that you enjoyed that part. Cara, did you have a, a favorite part that you liked in here, or one that you found entertaining at least? I I would have to go with the tennis racket mm-hmm. fight scene. The first time I saw that, I was like, what in the world is going on? But it's hard to not laugh at that creature design. <laughs> She looked and like the transformation was cool. And then after she transformed, she's like this, this sad, weird, bald (laughs) Muppet reject. (laughs) Hairless Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, I, 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 did you have an entertaining part in this at least? Uh, I liked everything with Mr. Morehouse. Mm. Um, Like, (laughs) was it when he was talking to Priscilla Mm-hmm. And she's like giving him crap about being a teacher. Like the the profession of being a teacher is so denigrated in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? But he stands up for it. Um, he's like, I, I never thought, I never thought you'd be uh, stuck teaching inbred morons the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's doing a little bit more than that, you know. He Emerson is. and Whitman are not uh, well, you know, your ABCs. You know. And again, you get these interesting conversations, at least in his class, to where you don't just have like the jock making a dumb joke or anything. They do have some legitimate discussions in mm-hmm. here, including where the one the one girl said Damien is the true poet and he brings out, you know, Whitman and she's like, Well, what would Whitman say about you as a teacher? You know, because yeah. he said he was a failure as a teacher. And it, they but they have this kind of like legitimate discussion in the middle of this monster horror film. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying I was enjoying a lot of that stuff more than the creature stuff. There's also another classroom exchange after that uh, painting the town red bit because yeah. Johnny leaves his uh, his pocket knife behind. Yes. And Mr. Morehouse finds it. And the next day they're talking about, you know, uh, like crime or mm-hmm. environmentalism or some nonsense. And that Johnny's like giving Mr. Morehouse crap and Mr. Morehouse like gradually, he just like casually takes the pocket knife out and he just starts playing with it. And it's like a, I know what the fuck you did <laughs> without saying it. And then Johnny sees the blade. And he's like, Oh no, it was nice. Nicely played. Uh, uh, Robert Baum, uh, info bombs with us. Uh, he looks like uh, he may need to check out Black Roses, but he asked Shapiro Glickenhaus, the guys who did the 1988 film Shakedown. I do believe it is the same group, uh, same folks that made it. Uh, not 100% sure. We'd have to double check the facts, but it does sound very familiar uh, to it. Uh, that uh, The same name. It's an odd name pairing, so I wouldn't 
doubt that it was the same group. I mean, we're talking the 80s, and you need video uh, shelf material, so a lot of people were producing a lot of film. <laughs> Dude, check this shit out. Huh. All right, Shakedown, 1988. I have not seen this movie, but it was directed by James Glickenhaus, uh-huh. starring Peter Weller and Sam Elliott. Are you kidding me? Oh, Why yeah. did we not watch this movie? Shakedown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> talked no, about it. It's been a while, but yeah, Shakedown. I've seen that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the 80s were, were an interesting time, to be sure, and this is definitely one of those films that, you know, uh, it's, it's odd. Like I said, I find it. Uh, got some charm to it, but it's definitely uh, fits right nestled into that rock and roll horror genre, uh, and hits all of you know basically clicks all of the boxes that you look for in your rock and roll horror. You know, parents are evil, uh, rock and roll corrupts the youth, and who who win who who defeats them in the end? The literature guy. Uh, <laughs> so brains over brawn. There you go, Bra- brains over brawn in this. So. Yeah, uh, Black Roses. I guess our final final topic to talk about tonight is the music. <coughs> Cara, what did you think of the soundtrack to Black Roses? Uh, it it made me more curious, and I don't know if we're just talking about strictly Damien's music, but I know a lot of it was very subtext. Like he's just being very open and telling you this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. But I keep hearing the same four songs over. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. You do. Uh, Angelique, what do you think of the soundtrack to this? Do you like this one as much as rock and roll nightmare? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a hair rock fan from way back. And this, you know, was like, anthems and ballads like i'm gonna take over your town you know? <laughs> <laughs> who can't like that soldiers of the night i mean yeah. you're soldiers of the night you dance on fire you know dance on fire <laughs> uh, what about you ian which one did you like better did you like uh the soundtrack here or the soundtrack in rock and roll nightmare with thor I think Rock and Roll Nightmare, mostly because it was more about the making of the music, so it drew more, it caught my attention more. Mm -hmm. Here it just was kind of like a wall of noise, although I did did like Soldiers of the Night when they're transforming the youth into monsters. Oh, see, now you need, you need to, we need to, okay, we're going to start a Kickstarter or GoFundMe, raise enough money to buy the rights to Black Roses, to rock and roll nightmare and trick or treat and have the ultimate rock and roll horror crossover. Dude, I could send you a hundred bucks. Don't have to worry about Kickstarter. <laughs> Actually, you'd be surprised, I think, what, what the licensee would still cost by the owners. Uh, All right, of, 250. Of the, <laughs> Black <All right>. Roses. <laughs> uh, info- I'd, I'd say you're better off setting up a projector in the background, pointing it uh, in the backyard, pointing it at a wall and just having a private party. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I'll do some shadow puppets, too. There yeah. you go. How about that? <laughs> they won't look as good here. Come on, the special effect. I know I know. you guys didn't quite care for this film, but come on, at least the makeup effects for a low-budget film like this, they put some work into them. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a lot of practical effects in this. You can see the improvement in the creatures, yeah. you know, from Rock and Roll Nightmare to this one, especially the, the, the Janie puppet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty much the same head from the... Yeah, that guy in Rock and Roll Nightmare, they just made it better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and 
And they didn't throw starfish at people. No, they oh. didn't. They didn't throw the starfish at people. <laughs> but you can only throw That's... starfish at Thor's pecs. So, I mean, those are only That's... worthy. It's a Pokemon reference right waiting to be made. It is. <laughs> Infobob dropped a few more. He said, Shakedown is basically a poor man's lethal weapon. And Siskel and Ebert regarded it at that year's RoboCop. Is that just because Peter Weller was in it? Yeah, probably. Arnold's <laughs> wife in Raw Deal played Weller's fiance, and Antonio Fargus played a drug lord in Shakedown. So, yeah, it's an interesting film. It's been a while since I watched it, but, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, Black Roses is an interesting one as well. Uh, I think part of it is the promotion, the cult following, you know, the bizarreness of it is what has given mm -hmm. its longevity. Whether or not, you know, you might consider it good, it's different <laughs> in many ways. You know, it's definitely different, and it's it's quirky, and I think that's what the appeal is for a lot of people. So there you have it, folks. And now it is that time. I'm not going to forget this time. It is the Horror <laughs> of 1988 episode. So uh, this week, let's see, uh, last month, I think Kara... Did the stab, or was that you, Angelique? Uh, uh, I thought me. it was me. Oh, no, that was you. Yeah. That's right. It was you. So, okay. Um, we won't play trivia. All right. Uh, let's 42. Flip... <laughs> we'll, we'll flip a coin. I, I don't have a coin. Uh, we'll flip. You have we'll... a black rose. I don't have a black rose, but I have a, a Stevens Point Brewery bottle opener. So, okay. So, Angelique, call it. Uh, uh, Heads, the, the heads will be this, and okay. the tails will be this. So, okay. so call it, and uh, heads or tails, and then if you lose, Kara gets it, and uh, if okay. you win, it's your choice. So, okay, call it tails. It is heads. Kara gets to take a stab. So, Kara. We're getting whittled down in our Horror of 1988 uh, bin of movies, uh, so pick a number and take a stab at a number between one and five. Uh, four. You hit Rabbit Grannies. Uh-oh. I have no idea what theme I'm going to come up with next month around Rabbit Grannies, but you have... Psycho Bitty. <laughs> Psycho Bitty. I love it. Rabid Grannies is the theme for, well, is the horror of 1988 film for next month. Oh, look at Ian. Ian's already like, what the <laughs> hell did I uh, sign can, up? Can you stream this? Can you find it places? I've literally never heard of this movie. Rabid Grannies? Uh, yeah. It's I, a trauma. It, it is a trauma. That makes all that this stuff in the world. That would explain it. Yeah. yeah, it got picked up by trauma. <laughs> it is on Amazon Prime. And basically the story is two sweet little old ladies fall victim to an ancient curse that transforms them into bloodthirsty killers. Oh, like yeah. I'm looking at the IMDb Flesh right now. mothers or something. Yeah. I've got the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I raised my drink to you, Angelique. Uh, so Rabbit Granny's <laughs> next month. I'm not sure what the theme will be yet, but whatever the theme is, remember to check out SpecialMarkProductions.com for the schedule of our live feeds that we do here. And now, as always, 
I give my wonderful crew members the license to shill. I thank you all for tuning in. Infobomb, always glad to have you in the audience. And yes, the floor is yours. So, Kara, please shill away. Uh, I don't have anything current other than, uh, what was it, nine days ago, an article that published on morbidlybeautiful.com, my thoughts on uh, Fantas Boa, the alpha male. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen or heard of that one. Uh, also, as usual, I have my my really, really old collection of reviews on my YouTube <laughs> channel, <laughs> uh, which is also horror retrospective. Alpha Male, that was the one with um, Anton Yelkin and Justin Timberlake was in it, right? Uh, or that was Alpha was, Dog. Uh, I'm sorry. That, that was, was a different alpha, one. That was Alpha Dog. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but, I think this one's alphas. a Polish film, if I remember correctly. Mm. We're definitely not talking about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very cool. Check out that stuff, folks. And Angelique, please, uh, license to shill. Uh, right now, uh, you can find everything I'm doing currently at monstersmedicinemagic.com. We've got some great episodes coming up, so check those out. And uh, publishing some reviews on the website for some new stuff coming out. Awesome. And uh, Mr. Ian Simmons. Chill away. Uh, well, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. And I'm also on YouTube, which if you look in YouTube and type in Kicking the Seat, you'll find me doing views and interviews and roundtables. And this week uh, we're doing a roundtable re-examining Spider-Man 3. Mm -hmm. should be very interesting. Yes. Yes, he it, it does not kick into his moratorium against superhero films because uh, these are old superhero films, not new ones. So yes. there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm just, holding. I'm holding strong. You're holding strong. So you you don't have that many to go. So <laughs> the show, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few more shows in there, but in any case, yes. Yeah. Um. But yes, uh, folks, check that out. Next week we will be ending our killer concert with one final flare. As uh, we do Hard Rock Zombies, it was a film that was picked up by Canon. It was not an actual Canon film, but it was distributed by Canon. So there's a little connection there. We're working on a couple of things, so that should be a fun discussion. Uh, trying to get someone to be on it. Uh, not sure if it'll work out, but hopefully we can get him on it. But uh, Michael uh, is also going to be back as well, uh, Michael Viers. And, yeah, uh, check out that. Check out our stuff. And if you're doing anything in October, two horror fests that we have to plug. One is the Sawdust City Fright Fest. Second weekend in October will be that in beautiful downtown Oshkosh, Wisconsin, at the Time Community Theater. Sawdust City Fright Fest. Uh, the selections are uh, closed. We'll, we'll have our selections by the end of this week, and we'll be announcing those uh, soon in August, so keep an eye out for that. And the weekend after that, third weekend in October in Milwaukee, check out the Twisted Dreams uh, Film Festival, the horror indie film festival, where they got a burlesque show, they got a, a band playing, and they'll be showing the Wisconsin premiere of the Shakespeare Shitstorm. Speaking of trauma... Mm -hmm. So that's going to be showing at the Twisted Dreams Film Fest in this third weekend in October 16th, uh, 14th, 15th, and 16th. So there you have it, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our viewers. And now we'll just say good night, everybody. Good night, Milwaukee. <laughs> Devil horns. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I think I threw my shoulder on it. <laughs>